Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Competitive Enablement Show. I'm your host, Adam McQueen, and I am live in Minneapolis at Intellicom with our friends from Skip. Today's episode is going to be a collection of some of the smartest people in Compete taking time out of their day to stop by our booth and chat with me. It is Clue, live-ish at Intellicon part one. We hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, today I'm joined by Lisa Goldberg from Elucian, and she is the Senior Director of Market Strategy. So what was the first thing you did when you got into your role in Compete? The first thing I did when I got into the role was I had to build a PowerPoint for the executive leadership explaining to them what competitive intelligence was and why they decided to make this new role and why they put me in it. Um, So it was interesting because, and I actually used a lot of, uh, because I was already a SKIP member, even before I had this role, I was already a SKIP member, so I used information from the website and some of the tools and mapped it out for them into here are the basic areas that we should cover, here's how we'll do it. You know, the legal guy immediately was like, oh, we can't do this, this is not right. And I said, no, we're going to do it with public information, don't worry. It's, I'm not a spy, because that's what everybody thought I was. I'm like, no, everything's ethical, legal, we're using publicly available information, we're just bringing it together in a way that educates everybody. One of the things I want to ask you is, if you could go back in time, and tell yourself one thing when you were starting Compete with the experience you have now, what would it be? That's a great question, Adam. And I think the one thing that I would probably tell myself is know your audience. Because your audiences are going to vary. And not only will they vary, but not everybody consumes information in the same way. So you really have to understand what the audience's expectations are what they're looking for from your content or your contributions, and then how do they best consume that information? Are they a visual learner? You know, do they get a PowerPoint and they know what it means and they can understand it? Or are they auditory? Do they need you to tell them about it? And just making sure that you're trying your best to deliver to everybody's expectations so that they understand the information and can use it to the betterment of the company. I'm joined by Ashley Isinger, our friend from High Spot. I'd say one of, on the Mount Rushmore, friends of the podcast, friends of the show. I am so excited to see you in person, and I'm so excited to have you join the show. So when you started your Compete career, can you remember like one of the first things you did when you joined and start diving into competitive enablement? So the, one of the first things I did was go through everything that had been done before by my predecessor. So my previous company, we had some competitive that had been in place, but it wasn't really like a super focus. And then that got recharged. Um, so I had to like go back through and see, okay, like take inventory. What did we have? Uh, was it still good? Was it still useful? And then really move forward from there. 
So uh, was that a good exercise? Yes and no, right? It depends on how like into your, like into competitive your company is currently, but it is good background. So I feel like, again, is that super useful? It really depends, but if nothing else, it really laid a a foundation or a framework for me for, okay, so this is what's been done in the past. How can I either make this better or totally deviate and do something completely different, right? So it, it was good. I don't know if I would do it again from scratch. What is one thing you could tell your former self when you were starting off your career and compete? You don't have to get it perfectly the first time. I think the biggest thing to remember in any career, but I think like compete is a huge one, is that baby steps make big impacts, right? A lot of time, like especially when I was first starting out, I was really worried about getting everything perfect the very first time, having it very polished. In one of your recent podcasts, you were talking to Andy uh, Andy Bicknell, right? And he was saying, you know, the imagination of the CEO that's going to find the battle card and be like, oh, this battle card is perfect, right? And that was me too, right? Like 100%. Um, but really, the thing that I found was most valuable was getting these pieces of intel working it so that it was something that was functional for my salespeople or for my marketing folks, handing it to them and saying, okay, this is this is what I got. How can this get better? Is this useful to you? And then really iterating on that messaging. So really like take take the intel you have, take the stuff you have, baby steps, you know, disperse it amongst your stakeholders, say, is this helpful to you? Is this useful to you? And then go from there. It doesn't have to be perfect the very first time. I am joined by Jason Oakley, the senior director of product marketing at Clue. Okay, so let's dive right into some questions here. I want to hear about the old way versus the new way with how people are running compete and how they're competing in business. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, even talking to uh, people here at Skip, I think that um, one of the things that we've definitely seen with, with Clue is that when you think of the old way, a lot of competitive intelligence experts were focusing a lot of their time on collection how can I collect as much about my competitors as possible? Right? How can I augment that or like automate it in some way so that I can never miss anything that's happening with competitors? And I think like even for myself coming from a product marketing background where CI is one of the functions within product marketing, it's that question of I don't want to be last to be able to tell the sales team about like new intel. And I think that um, what you're seeing change now is people realizing that it's not only about collection and collection you can automate Right. And now with, with platforms like Clue or anything that allows you to, to be able to automatically collect Intel across the web or from your team and, and to be able to use AI machine learning to weed out the noise, I think the collection thing is less of the problem. And sometimes more Intel is not going to solve your problem. I think what people are realizing now in the new way uh, for competitive enablement is is really about what do we do with that Intel. And it's, it's like how do we curate that and create a kind of a a central database of competitive knowledge for our organization, but then also how do you translate that into content and insights that your team can actually use? And when I say team, it could be a sales team, it could be a product team, it could be a strategy team. And I think what we're seeing change now is people are thinking about who are we serving with the Intel and with our insights. So it's less about Intel, it's more about who are we serving with these insights and and thinking more intentionally about like what the content that they need is and so what did that look like how do they receive it where do they receive it all of that because when you can start to actually 
translate intel into insights and get it into the hands of people in a way that they can digest it and use it that's when it becomes really powerful i'm joined by ryan sorley friend of the podcast friend of the show now now you're a recurring guest officially a recurring wow that's... i do feel special and i will get a mug as a result of being a recurring we'll see we, we'll see what we can do Ryan, what's one of the things you've seen change with how competitive experts are operating since a couple of years ago? So there has been a big emergence of competitive intelligence and enablement people, right? So what I have seen is as money has come into the technology space, which is where we focus, there are a lot of organizations out there who are not only looking to invest in competitive intelligence people for the first time, but they're looking for technology to help support that investment. And I think when they bring the CI people in, the first thing they do is say, well, what tools do I need to make myself more successful? So they look out in the marketplace. They find companies like Clue. If they want to build a win-loss program, uh, there's some different options out there as well. So I, I see more of an investment in competitive intelligence, and I see the shift emerging because... That money flowing into the marketplace from VC firms has created a more competitive environment. As new companies get their seed financing or Series A or become disruptors, um, the competitive intelligence need has just grown. In terms of using win-loss insights and data to fuel your competitive program, one of the pieces that we have talked about is like, the enablement side is important, like meeting the end user with this competitive information. So what's some of the data you've seen in terms of how people are using win-loss insights to enable um, their end users? So that was a setup because we are working with Clue right now on a state of win-loss study, and we just collected 500 survey responses. And we're also working with a product marketing community, Rowan and Alan over there on this study. And we have looked at the data and seen that a lot of organizations are taking the information 54% and using it directly for competitive enablement training sessions. And we've heard that from clients time and time again. Whether they're product marketers, competitive intelligence or enablement people, enabling sales is, is their primary focus. So 54%, uh, which was the most popular choice, 51% are using it for leadership updates. So more and more we're seeing competitive intelligence people being brought to the boardroom to provide that update. And it could be uh, on a quarterly basis. It could be on an ad hoc basis if there's a specific competitor that's emerged that's becoming problematic. But a lot of people are using the data, real-time data for that. And this is data that's collected through win-loss programs, interviews, and surveys. The other one that's quite popular, as you would imagine, is a competitive intelligence newsletter, which I know you all push out a lot. Um, I'm sure that you have one internally or you're working on it. Uh, but we have a lot of clients who that competitive intelligence person, that's part of their job description, is they need to make people aware of what's happening, whether they're using te technology like Clue, but they also use email or Slack to provide updates. So we see 45% uh, are using it for that. And then finally, on the battle card side, 40% of the respondents said they're using their win-loss data directly for competitive battle cards. And we've seen that show before, right? You have the clues of the world who do a great job of creating automation and making it real-time updates versus the static competitive intelligence battle cards that we, that's, that's an answer to the question earlier, what do I wish people would stop doing? Using competitive en enablement or intelligence battle cards where they update them once a year, if that, right, and that they're outdated within weeks. So we're seeing a lot of great competitive intelligence enablement 
competitive enablement use cases uh, based on the data that people are collecting. I'm joined by Nadim Khan, the Senior Competitive Intelligence Manager at Coca-Cola. You know what, it's kind of meta to you saying as someone that's learning the world of compete, I want tangible examples, I want real things. And that's honestly kind of like the lesson in a lot of regards in terms of like how you make compete applicable across the org is like, how do you make this information you're sharing out to folks like applicable, digestible, understandable? That's the biggest thing is like you have to be use cases for CI for people who are sort of in the field in order for it to be something that they want to do, right? Like it can't just be, you know, hey, corporate needs your report on your landscape because we need a board presentation. Like that happens and that's all well and good. But the only way to get people to actually buy in in the field and like do that regularly and not just when you're asking for it is to show them, right, the like, okay, here's a situation where knowing your landscape could have informed your go-to-market in some way or could have informed some decision that you made and pointing it back to a tangible example, right? I am, I'm no longer Adam, I am a, I'm a genie. And I give you one wish. I can grant one wish around, like, enabling your teams better. What would it be? I think, I think maybe a best practice to enablement is honestly templates. Like, something I've learned is that like at my company, the core CI function, which sits within finance, has a lot of people that have done strategy and finance before. So we have templates for how to approach things and we sort of understand like what we're asking for when we're talking to marketing or we're talking to R&D or whatever, right? And I think we've sort of come across, we've sort of stood up um, local CI practices across the globe. But the thing is, is a lot of those people have shifted into that role from roles that had nothing to do with CI before. So I think there's a demand in our org to just have a template for doing things, right? Whether that's like forecasting industry profits or like having comps or like I'm talking about literally trying to just make a very basic example template and have work, like Matt called it in his session office hours, like have office hours with your org and like provide them with tools. Try to give them tools that are sort of like fill in the blank or like a first step at like, here's how you might approach this or like, here's an example market. I'm joined by Lisa Goldberg. Okay, I'm a genie. I'm a competitive genie. I can grant you one wish. What is that wish in terms of helping you better enable your teams? I think if I had a wish, it would probably be to go back in time and choose an enablement platform earlier rather than using PowerPoint and Word documents because they just took so much time and effort to keep up to date and they were always out of date and our information is not out of date now that would be my wish i swear i didn't pay her to say that one people <laughs> i swear <laughs> no but it's true i mean now we we get so many com- you know like people know where the information is so there's less of them coming to me as wikipedia going can you answer that for me can you answer that for me they go there first and then if they can't find the answer they come to me i am joined by Matt Tyre, the head of competitive intelligence at Commvault. He's coming off an adrenaline high from just presenting, I think. Probably right. <laughs> Probably right, Adam. Did you want to share with the, the audience what, what the session was about? Uh, so the session uh, was called Beyond Battle Cards, Three Tactics to Expand uh, the Value of Your Program, Your Competitive Program. At what point did you kind of come up, come up with that topic and, and why was that something that immediately came to mind is like this is something I want to do and present with others um I think it came down to just wanting to share the experience I mean you know I'm going to be at a uh, you know in telecon which is just all professionals in competitive intelligence market intelligence so it's you know amongst the peers 
And, you know, knowing, you know, from various industry reports and stuff, I know that most teams are fairly small until you get into like the big enterprise uh, environments, you know, like the Coca-Colas and stuff like that, where they've got a little bit more staff. And so, you know, I looked introspectively and was like, okay, well, as a smaller team, you know, what did I have to do or what were some of the things that I needed to to, um, talk about or expand uh, my sphere of influence with? as I was, you know, first kind of getting the program off the ground and formalizing and building kind of thing. And, and, you know, it's like, well, I'm probably not the only one, you know, everyone else probably has, uh, you know, some development and ongoing within their programs, uh, you know, and maybe they're just looking for ideas. It's like, wow, I didn't think to talk to that organization or, huh, you know, I haven't talked to, you know, I, I don't meet with these people regularly. I didn't think that there would be value I could provide. So, you know, if anyone just left the session thinking, well, you know what, I got to reach out to, you know, my counterparts on this part of the business uh, that I'm not talking to, then uh, then that's you know mission accomplished. All right, today I'm joined by friend of the podcast, recurring guest now officially, and it's been a pleasure to see him in person. Is Pat Wall, the head of competitive intelligence at Imperva. Pat. Thanks for joining me again. Hey, thanks for having me. It's fun to actually do this in person. I know. actually see someone. It's surreal. Yeah. It's surreal. First impressions of Skip overall. What's been, what's been your biggest takeaway? It's been great. It's actually great to actually sit down and talk to people who actually do competitive intelligence, right? Like, I'm actually having conversations with individuals across so many different fields and talking to them and saying, hey, this is amazing. Like, you have the same problems I have. You have the same <laughs> solutions I have. Let's talk about it. And it's great. There's people from, you know, automotive to software to even cybersecurity. So I get to actually meet my peers in cybersecurity as well. So it's something awesome. Like where in your mind's eye, where does like kind of competitive enablement fit in the organization? It's, you know, it, I think it, it fits really at the tri, uh, the area of sales, marketing, and product, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why I love product marketing. But even more, I love intelligence within product marketing because you're touching sales all the time. Your sales is your number one primary stakeholder. But you're worth working with marketing to make sure that, A, the BDRs are you know trained and understand. Mm. You're working with marketing to make sure the demand generation has campaigns and the keywords are correct. And then you're working with product to say, hey, these are the things that we need to build or in two years will become obsolete, right? And so mm. it's, it's that perfect triangle of you have sales, you have marketing, you have product, and it really comes all together and there's you got intelligence. All right. I am joined by Alex Kanapik the competitive intelligence lead at Milestone Systems. So in terms of where Compete fits in the organization, and like, where do you see kind of competitive enablement and competitive fitting within the org structure? Oh, not where it's at with me right now. Uh, <laughs> there's always that tough thing though, right? It's like, it, sh- it, it needs to be everywhere. Um, and to me, it's more important, less about where it sits and mm-hmm. the mandate that it has, right? The mandate, I don't care who I report to as long as they believe in it, right? What matters is that you are able to get information from all sources, that they trust you to build that single source of truth. And, you know, the different departments, different people, you'll use your information differently. Um, but you have to have that mandate to be able to communicate to everyone and for them to trust you. If you don't have that mandate, if it's siloed off, you're just missing out on a tremendous, you're, you're missing out on intelligence that you wouldn't get otherwise, and they're not benefiting and you're not getting alignment.
I'm joined by Aaron Pearson. Let's get into a little bit of like this kind of evolution of Compete or what we've seen, like the progression of it. Is there is there something that stands out to you with how Compete Pros are kind of operating from a couple of years ago to now? Is there anything that stood out to you? So I think what you're seeing is a lot of them are applying a lot more technology um, to what they're doing. I think that's the first big shift is, I mean, we're at Skip right now. You can look around and see all these vendors. Um, the number of like new technologies and new things that are coming out has greatly increased over the past five or so years, right? So I think you're able to see what they're doing and how they're able to bring this um, this into their program that's coming in through AI, it's helping them scale um, what they're actually able to do, and then it's through like the delivery mechanisms that are now all of a sudden available to them. And then I think the other thing outside of technology that we're starting to see a lot of is these, these teams are becoming more and more centralized. Um, and what we're seeing is that they're not just looking at um, how do I bring in like new sources and how do I collect all of this data, but it's very much so how do I pair um, the research that I'm doing with data? So how do I pair my internal and external sources together? And how do I normalize them to create um, not just a what are the trends happening, but what's the big story behind what's happening? So then we can apply this out. Um, it, to the functional teams that we're working with. We started this morning off with Jason Oakley, so it's only fitting that we also cap the evening with Jason Oakley. Jason, give me the spark notes on the day. It's been a pretty, it's been a pretty great day. Adam's been really busy here at the booth. I'm we've had up. a lot of sessions. Yeah. I think we've had some good conversations. Yeah, the food has been good. Good banter. My lips, it's dry. So my lips really hurt. Don't give in to Big Chop though. Once you chop, they're gonna get you hooked. Yeah, I was. Um, I've been. I've been licking the lips a lot today, and uh, and I'm paying for it. We're signing off on day one. God bless. Godspeed.